With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Welcome back to The Great Unsolved Podcast. I'm your host, Alexis, and this week we are talking about the mysterious deaths of Arnold Archambault and Ruby Brugier. Before we get into it, make sure to follow at Great Unsolved on Twitter, at Great Unsolved Pod on Instagram, join our Facebook group, and like our Facebook page, both of which can be done by searching Great Unsolved on Facebook. They are also always linked in the show notes, along with everything else I mention. We also have a Patreon where there are tons of Patreon-only episodes, a monthly bonus episode, you get early and ad-free access to all of these public episodes, and a lot more. Please be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts as it gets us seen by more people. I haven't asked for reviews for about four years doing this podcast, and I finally realized how important they are, so if you can take a few minutes, please do that. I would really appreciate it. Let's get into the mysterious deaths of Arnold and Ruby. So at the time of their disappearance, Arnold was 20 years old and Ruby was 19. They disappeared around 6 a.m., a little after 6 a.m., on December 12th of 1992. They were found dead three months later on March 10th of 1993. They were both Yankton Suix, Native Americans, and grew up together and ended up falling in love in high school and started dating, and they became parents in 1991. Their family said they were great parents. They were young. They were still kids themselves, but they did all they could for their daughter, and they loved her. This case takes place around Lake Andes, South Dakota. So let's get into the case and kind of the disappearance, if we want to call it that. It's not confirmed to be a disappearance, but you'll get more of an idea why as we go along. So Arnold, Ruby, and Ruby's cousin, Tracy, who was 17 years old, were in a car. Arnold was the driver, Ruby was the passenger, and Tracy was in the back seat. It's stated in different places that all three of them were drinking, but the police didn't come out and say this straight out, so you can take that with a grain of salt, but it does come up in the theories later. Well, in the car, they got to the edge of Yankton Suix Indian Reservation, and they ended up crashing the car into a frozen ditch. Tracy said this, quote, We came up to that stop sign, that's all I remember is just him looking and saying there are no cars and him spinning out from the stop sign. And it is obviously December in South Dakota. It's very cold. There's a lot of ice. So spinning out isn't a crazy thing. 
I'm sure it happened quite a bit in this area around this time. Back to what Tracy said, though. And it was just like the snap of a finger, and the next thing you know, we ended up in the ditch. I was upside down in the ditch, and Ruby and I was in the car, you know. Arnold wasn't in the car. I don't know where he was. Ruby was crying. She was saying, oh my god, oh my god. She just kept hitting the car. The next thing I know, the door, it was open a little ways, and she had enough room to where she slid out. And then, so I was going to reach over, and then it was just like that. The door went shut, end quote. This greatly confused Tracy because she was obviously good friends with her cousin. It was a family member. They hung out a lot, and she was good friends with Arnold now, too. And she was confused why they just left her in the car. She was upside down. She could have been injured. She wasn't badly injured. It's reported later. But they didn't know that at the time. So it's odd that they just left her there and her cousin didn't even try to help her out of the car. Tracy was the only one in the area. She was still in the car when help arrived. Like I said, it seems that Arnold and Ruby just left for some reason. By the time the sun came out that morning, police had searched the area and had found no trace of Ruby or Arnold anywhere around the car crash. Police at the scene initially thought that Arnold and Ruby had wandered off and fell through the ice somewhere. There was a lake nearby that they could have fallen through, and it was obviously South Dakota in the winter. There was ice in a lot of places. But everything was frozen solid even the ice that the car landed on, and if the car didn't go through the ice, you would think two people would not go through the ice. So it was very unlikely to police that these individuals fell through the ice. It was later stated that they never found any evidence of this either. Normally, if someone fell through the ice, there would be a hole in the ice. It doesn't freeze immediately, so you would think they would see this in the immediate area but police did not. Another theory they had was that Arnold was in fact drinking and didn't want to be arrested since South Dakota had a DWI law at this time, so they thought he would show up in a few days. And we see this theory in a lot of missing persons cases, such as the Mara Murray case. They thought she was drinking, she didn't want to be arrested, so she left her car and she'd be back in a few days. But the family says that Arnold never would have done this. Even if he did leave for a few days to not get arrested, he would call the family and tell them he was okay. And why would Ruby go with and not help her cousin? Even if she was drinking, she wasn't the one driving, so she wouldn't be held responsible for that. And once again, her cousin could have been hurt, so I don't understand why she did not help her cousin. Ruby's family also said that she would never leave her daughter this long. So it did not really move forward as a theory in police's or the family's eyes. And obviously, a few days later, Arnold and Ruby did not show back up. There's not a ton of information on this case and the searches and what the police did, but we know for the next three months, police did look at leads. It's unclear if they searched the area again because They felt like they searched it very sufficiently the first time, but they did follow up on leads. However, nothing was found. That was until March 10th of 1993, about 
three months, almost exactly three months after the crash. The ice and the snow in the area had finally thawed, and someone on the road who was driving, they saw what looked to be a body in the ditch. This was the same road where the crash took place just three months earlier. This body turned out to be that of Ruby. She was found about 75 feet from the accident site, and it said she was floating in about four feet of water. The glasses she always wore were not with her body. Her shoes were gone, but her clothes were fine. And it seemed that these were the same clothes she was wearing on the day of the accident. However, her body was so decomposed, it was hard to recognize. They actually ID'd her by a picture of her tattoo that they could still see on her body. Because of the discovery of Ruby's body, police decided to pump the water out of the ditch to see if any more evidence was around or to see if Arnold's body was there as well. The next day, March 11th, 1993, around 12 p.m., Arnold's body was found in the same ditch, about 15 feet away from where Ruby's body was found. This makes it seem like a pretty open-shut case, but let's get into how Arnold's body was found a little bit more. First of all, he was barely decomposed, and he had a normal skin color. If he was in the water and the cold that long... He might not be as decomposed as Ruby because she was exposed to air, but his skin color would not be normal anymore. His body and his clothes were not frozen to the ground, even though he was submerged in the water. And no one was ever sure if he was found wearing the same clothes as the day of the crash like Ruby was. At this point, police were super confused because the area had been thoroughly searched and nothing had been found. Like I mentioned earlier, there wasn't even any indication that somebody had fallen through the ice. Police were also puzzled by the difference in the decomposition status of the two bodies, how Ruby was far, far worse than Arnold was, because they were found in the same area, only 15 feet apart. Autopsies happened pretty much immediately, and it was determined that there was no way to determine time of death, which is kind of odd. I feel like they should have at least been able to say, you know, they did die in the crash three months ago, or they died recently. I don't know. There should have been some kind of estimate like we see in most cases. There was also no evidence of foul play, no injuries from the accident, and it was stated that they both died of exposure. So I wanted to look more into the death from exposure determination because we hear that a lot, but personally, I've never looked into what it actually means. I kind of just always assumed what it meant. So it means that there was no protection from the environment and elements. But other places stated it could also mean poor health, which I guess exposure, prolonged exposure to poor health could be death from exposure. I didn't really understand that one, but I wanted to mention it. 
It is a blanket term to describe exposure to weather that results in death, and it is not a specific cause of death. Like I said, it's a blanket term, so there are a few blanket terms like this, and one that I've talked about before is positional asphyxia, and that is kind of when you can't figure out anything else that this person died from. So you're like, oh, they died from the position they were in. They suffocated. So I'm kind of taking death from exposure as more of a blanket term like that one. There was no evidence of foul play or suicide or injuries. So they were like, oh, they probably just froze to death. I also want to state that I don't know about South Dakota specifically, but a lot of places, medical examiners do not need a medical degree, which is very puzzling and very concerning because how do they know what they're looking at or cause of death if they don't have a medical degree? But I wanted to mention that because that kind of comes into play later. One main deputy in the case had some thoughts. He took the death from exposure determination as they froze to death. But he is very adamant that he does not think these two individuals froze to death where their bodies were found. He says the bodies could not have been there the previous three months. He says the initial search was thorough, and throughout the three months that they were missing, he had walked that area, he had testimonies from other people who had walked that area, and no one saw anything. If one person didn't see anything, yeah, maybe they missed it. But if multiple people did the exact same route, right by where the bodies were found and didn't see anything, it seems weird to assume that all these people missed two adult bodies. Some hair was also found when the bodies were found. It was later determined to be Ruby's hair, and it was found along the road a few days later. Now, a lot of people think, ah, maybe it just fell out, but, you know, it's March, <laughs> and in the months that they were missing and maybe dead, there was snow, there was rain, there was inclement weather, so you would think that some hair would blow away. It wouldn't really just sit there on the side of the road for three months. Weird comparison, but I brush my dogs when we're out on our front porch, and I just kind of throw the hair over the porch. And even if it's not windy that day, within three days, that hair's completely gone. Either animals pick it up, it blows away, or it gets buried under dirt. It doesn't just sit there. And I live in a much more calm climate in Tennessee than winters in South Dakota. The same deputy we just talked about believes that this hair ended up there when the bodies were brought to this location from the location that they died at. We'll talk a little bit more about this theory that the bodies were moved when we get to the theories part. In Arnold's pocket was one car key and two house keys. It's unknown to this day what car and houses they belong to. I'm assuming the police looked into all the family houses, family cars, friend houses, friend cars, and they couldn't match them. And that is why they are still unknown to this day. 
So now we're going to jump back to December 31st of 1992. A witness who 100% believes it was Arnold that they saw, saw Arnold with three others in a car. This witness was somebody who had talked to Arnold, knew Arnold, so it's a lot less likely, likely he mistook somebody else for Arnold. The deputy that we talked about before believes this was a credible sighting, meaning that Arnold was alive weeks after the car crash. The witness passed a polygraph, and the witness identified a couple that she saw in the back seat of that same car with Arnold. These two individuals denied being in this car on that day. They said they were at home, and when police asked them to take a polygraph, they ended up both failing. Now, we don't put a lot of credibility into polygraphs because it's not a sound science, and a lot of things can make you fail or make you pass when you shouldn't pass or fail. But it is suspicious that both of them failed because they are two different people. They have two different nervous systems. Even if one accidentally failed, the other one probably could have passed if they were telling the truth. So it's suspicious that they both failed. The fact that the witness passed the polygraph also makes it more suspicious that they failed because either this witness 100% just believed what she saw or she really did see these two individuals with Arnold in a car weeks after the car crash. Five other witnesses came forward saying they saw Arnold and Ruby between when the car crash happened and when the bodies were found. One stated they saw Ruby and Arnold getting into a car after the accident, and another said they saw Ruby January 20th in Wagner, South Dakota, which was not far from where they lived or far from the car crash. Obviously, none of these are confirmed sightings, and I don't believe any of these witnesses were polygraphed, but these are more sightings. The families believe that the police did not do enough. Arnold's aunt believed that Ruby and Arnold were both killed, that they did not die naturally. And no one really believes they died where their bodies were found. This is due to the extensive searches and no one seeing anything suspicious. There aren't really any suspects, but there were two men inside a blue blazer type car seen in the area where the bodies were found just before the bodies were found. This could support the idea that Arnold and Ruby died or were killed somewhere else and were brought back to this area to make it look like an accident. There is a $5,000 reward in this case for information leading to what might have really happened to Arnold and Ruby. However, in September of 1999, the FBI closed the case because there was no evidence of foul play, and they ruled it an accident. So there's not a ton of information on this case, on the searches, on what police did. So we're just going to jump into theories. Now, I don't have concrete theories laid out like I do with some other cases because this case just has so little information and people believe many different things. 
So we're going to go through the theories, but they're going to be a little jumbled. So just please stick with me. Now, one theory is they naturally died. Maybe Arnold was thrown from the car or got out of the car when they crashed with a head injury or head trauma. And Ruby followed him and maybe also had head trauma. The head trauma is not critical to this theory, but I mean, they flipped upside down. They could have had some head trauma. They could have been confused. Maybe they walked away or Ruby walked away to find Arnold and they both fell through the ice at some point, either together or Arnold fell through first and then Ruby went looking for him and she fell through or the opposite. And this would keep the bodies hidden under the ice until the thaw in March. There were some people online speculating that maybe when Ruby was still in the car and she was saying, oh my God, oh my God, and hitting the car, it was because she had seen Arnold already fall through the ice. And then she got out to try and help him and ended up dying herself as well. This is the natural death theory that would have happened right after the crash. Now, maybe they died a natural death but not right after the crash. Maybe Arnold and Ruby did have head trauma. They left. They stayed alive for a while, either the three months or a shorter period of the three months, and then died somewhere and were moved back to the area by people who were worried it would look like they killed them when it was really an accidental death or a natural death. Or they went back to the area, still confused, later, weeks later, months later, I don't know, and died. Or Ruby and Arnold planned to leave and ended up falling through the ice at the crash or lived for a while, then died naturally or accidentally, were brought back to the area to make it look like they died at the crash. So those are all very similar theories, but they're all a little different. So I wanted to mention all three. Now we're going to get into the foul play theories, which is what Arnold's aunt firmly believes happened. Now, I don't want to speak badly about the victim, but I do have to bring this theory up, and it is the theory that Arnold killed Ruby. Maybe he lived for a while after, then he went back after feeling super guilty and killed himself by just letting himself freeze to death, falling through the ice, or other things. There's really no motive for this. Um, Ruby and Arnold were said to really love each other and love their daughter. So there's no reason why he would kill Ruby. It was just worth mentioning. Or people seen in the car with Arnold on New Year's Eve maybe killed Ruby first, brought her back to the scene. That's why she decomposed more than Arnold. And then they killed Arnold later and brought him back to the scene. This might make sense with the individuals who deny being in that car at all on New Year's Eve and them failing polygraphs. Another theory of foul play is that a random person found Ruby and Arnold wandering after the crash. Once again, they could be disoriented and this person could have acted like they wanted to help Ruby and Arnold, so they took them and then killed them at different times, and then brought them back to the site of the crash so that it looked like an accident. 
The last theory that doesn't make any sense in my book, but I'll mention it anyway, Arnold and Ruby left to kill themselves by either exposure or other means and ended up falling through the ice or they were trying to kill themselves by falling through the ice and this is why they weren't found. It doesn't explain a lot. It really doesn't explain everything or anything, but I'm just throwing it out there. Another theory, the last one I have, is that Arnold left to not get a DWI and then Ruby tried to follow him. But maybe Ruby fell through the ice quickly and Arnold either didn't see her or knew he couldn't help her and still didn't want to get arrested, so he kept going. Then Arnold lived for a while and then he went, he felt bad, he felt sad, maybe he was depressed, so he went back to the area of the crash and either killed himself or died accidentally. This would explain why the decomposition was so different on both bodies. Now, lastly, I want to go over reasons why the decomposition could be so different, and number one is they died at different times, whether that be natural, foul play, or suicide. This is the one that makes logical sense to everybody. Ruby would have died first because she was so badly decomposed, and Arnold would have died not long before the bodies were found. One person, Ruby, could have been frozen longer than Arnold. This could mean they died naturally right after the crash. Because it was so cold out, they could have gone into the water, maybe sunk to the bottom. Arnold froze, but for some reason Ruby didn't. Maybe she stayed up higher in the water and the temperatures were a little less cold, so she decomposed faster. Another theory that I saw was that Ruby was badly beaten. Apparently, if you have a lot of trauma, decomposition can speed up. This would point towards foul play. If they were both killed at the same time, maybe Ruby was beaten and Arnold was not, but they were killed at the same time, and that is why Ruby decomposed so much faster. Back to the last one I said about one being frozen longer. Could have just been different water temperatures. If you're deeper in water, it's going to be colder. Arnold was found submerged in the water. Ruby was found floating on the water. So she could have been in warmer temperatures the entire time, which would speed up decomposition. Or she was exposed to air longer because she was floating on the top, although we don't think she was floating on the top of the water very long because somebody would have noticed that. And Arnold was underwater where it was colder, so his decomposition did not work as fast as Ruby's. And I'm not 100% certain this is how decomposition works, but I'm assuming Ruby was also smaller than Arnold. And if you're smaller, there is less to decompose, obviously. So it, in my mind, it would work faster. Decomposition would move faster. And that could be why she was more decomposed. But I still don't think it would be as drastic as it was in this case. That is all I have in the case of Arnold Archambault and Ruby Brugier. I'm not 100% sure that's how I pronounce last names. I'm taking a best guess, so I am very sorry if I mis mispronounced them. Before I let you go, 
just remember to follow at Grade Unsolved on Twitter, at Grade Unsolved Pod on Instagram, join our Facebook group, and like our Facebook page, both of which can be done by searching Grade Unsolved on Facebook. Once again, all the links are down below in the description as well. We also have a Patreon where there are tons of Patreon-only episodes, a monthly bonus episode, and you get early ad-free access to all of these public episodes. Please be sure to take the time to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to The Great Unsolved Podcast. Stay safe and have a great rest of your week. (laughs) 